0: Hello, all, hello, all, and welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. I am your host, Officer Antoine Thomas, and I'm glad that you're back. Listen, if you have not had the opportunity yet to listen to the last episode, we have kicked off Season 5 with a huge bang. We are making huge strides here, okay? Fifth season. Last episode was entitled Body Worn Cameras, and we centered it around the police force. You've got to go back and listen to it, watch it. It is a very good show. I got very good, positive uh, feedback. Some folks uh, even reached out and told me they had never um, even looked at body-worn cameras in that aspect. Even my law enforcement brothers, who I work with, uh, told me that the show was very insightful to them. They were able to gather some uh, legal information Information out of that particular episode. I brought it to you live. I did the best I could to research and bring good content to you. Now, today's show is another great informative show. I want to talk about one of the most controversial topics that is going around the country right now. We saw a little bit of a a decease, not cis, but a cease and desist, I should say. I'm saying that backwards, but At the end of the day, it was centered around the former president, 45, and it talks about the city of New York's decision to um, maybe indict President Donald J. Trump uh, on some political campaign finance uh, mishandlings, okay, as it pertains to Stormy Daniel. Grand jury indictment. I'm not focusing in this show around Trump today. However, I want to solely focus on the grand jury. Most people hear of a grand jury and you always say, what exactly is that? Now, maybe unless you are in the judicial system or or you are a law enforcement officer or you are part of some type of uh, law enforcement um, agency, whether it be from uh, records or actually a sworn officer, you have heard the term thrown around probably on a daily basis as it pertains to a grand jury. Today, I decided to put together a show strictly centered around that. Some of you may be worrying or wondering what is a grand jury worry no more. Today on this show, I'm going to be explaining what the purpose of a grand jury is, the origin of a grand jury, where it all started from. We are going to be diving into what a grand jury does, how a grand jury is selected, how can you be uh, considered a grand jury member, and I'm going to end with uh, the North Carolina grand jury process because I live in North Carolina. And then we are going to wrap up discussing the New York, the state of New York's grand jury process. As we see around the country, we're centered around that as it pertains to New York. And uh, of course, I will just throw my little um, piece in really quick that a grand jury is the most important, one of the most important processes within our judicial makeup outside of a district grand jury. But when you reach, uh, of course, and the federal grand jury is the highest you can go, but when you reach the grand jury stage, that means that um, you have people who are going to look over um, said information that has been given to them by the state prosecutor's office. And at that stage, you have, um, all the way up to 23 people who will look over your case or listen to the case as witnesses are pertained. Most police officers, we, I've had the opportunity, if you can say opportunity, um, to attend many grand jury Uh, processes. At first, I thought it was very intimidating, but got to realize it was much easier actually than testifying in district court. As a sworn law enforcement officer, I've been doing this almost 14 years, and I can tell you that uh, it is a very important process as it pertains to the grand jury. Now, I don't want to hold you up, but I want and I hope and I pray that when this episode is concluded, you have gotten a better understanding on what a grand jury is and what it does. Now, as always, I say on this show, we will only speak facts. We're gonna call out the good and the bad. So today's show, what is a grand jury? I wanna dive in, because I got a lot of information to spit at you. Now, how did a grand jury begin? First, please allow me to mention what a grand jury is. How can we move forward without knowing what a grand jury is? So grand juries are sometimes described as performing Uh, accusatory or a investigatory function. Now we're going to focus more on the accusatory process as it pertains to grand jury, which I will mention further on in this episode, but grand jury's main function is to determine whether or not there is probable cause to believe that a person's uh, or one or more persons have committed a certain federal or state uh, crime within the venue of that particular court system. Of course, if you are attending federal grand jury as either a witness or a uh, defendant, that means that the defendant has committed some type of federal crimes. Uh, Obviously, if you are in the uh, state's grand jury, you have um, committed local, um, or I should say state violations or criminal violations as it pertains to that state. So you have your state, every state has its own grand jury, and of course, the federal government has um, their own process of a grand jury. Now, the grand jury, as you could only imagine, plays a huge role in the criminal process, okay? But one um, does not negate or uh, processes out the other as it pertains to the district or the um, federal courts, okay? Now, But not one that involves a finding of guilt. This is not the grand jury's job to find guilt or is it their job to um, extinguish a punishment. The only process of a grand jury is to get this case before a uh, superior court as it pertains to that. And of course, members of the jury, which are usually 12 persons, will um, go ahead and decide the fate of that said person once that particular case is brought to the Superior Court system. Now, instead of um, that, a prosecutor, state's prosecutor, which is the um, person who, attorney obviously, who is overseeing that particular case who has the obligation, the burden, to prove that uh, a defendant, he or she, is uh, definitely, definitely, guilty of said crimes. Of course, that's when the court process comes through after the jury, grand jury has selected and um, allowed this case to go further. Now, but instead of a prosecutor, uh, the courts will uh, administer a grand jury, right? And whether to bring criminal charges or an indictment against a potential defendant, usually reserved for serious felonies. So, most of the time you see that a grand jury is brought upon and is enacted um, to to listen to uh, the preliminary hearings of a um, felony case that the, starting with the law enforcement officer all the way to the prosecutor has put up and presented and put together to bring before the grand jury to decide whether they will move forward, okay? Now, grand jury's uh, members may be called for jury duty for months at a time, keep that in mind. It's not like your normal um, state's jury. Of course, once that trial is done with, that jury is um, convened and they're done for um, a while, okay? But when you look at the grand jury, even after that particular case is heard upon, the grand jury will have to come back and meet and they have other cases to go over. And again, this is a um, several months process want to pause there for a moment. To be selected by the grand jury is a very important role, of course, just like your state, but it's a high extinguish of grand jurors uh, when you're chosen to work at the grand jury level. And even if you're chosen to become a federal grand jury member, my dad is very proud of being a federal grand jury member. He had the opportunity to serve, listen to some very important federal cases that he thought was very fascinating. And um, he's still brings those uh conversations up he is a proud former member of the federal grand jury not many people can say they did that so i i am um i listened to him and, and when he starts bringing the stories up i always interrupt him by saying yeah i i i heard that story danny but no we we enjoy it and, and i think it's again a privilege but a regular court Trial of juries, of course, like I told you, is made up between six to 12, most likely 12 members in the alternate. Um, they usually, again, have that trial. And, and that and once that case is decided upon, it is over for them, for Nito, for that grand jury for a while. But in the federal system, keeping in mind as well, a grand jury can uh, meet for months at a time. Again, state jury can meet once at a time. Difference between the number of people is usually, we're looking at the federal um, grand jury process, you have 16 to 23, which is sort of the same as a state grand jury. Now, no one, um, or you might be asking, what in the world does probable cause mean? And of course, on this show, I like to break everything down to the simplest form. Uh, Again, if you are a law enforcement officer or have friends involved in law enforcement, or you just are fascinated with law enforcement, or you are in in the judicial system, you already know exactly what probable cause mean. But for those uh, lay people who may not know what that is, I want to tell you exactly what that is. That means that a person has committed a crime or offense beyond a reasonable doubt to the uh, circumstances of the law enforcement officer, uh, he or she has the authority to make an arrest. So probable cause is different from what we call reasonable suspicion. And I'll break that down while I'm here. Reasonable suspicion does not need a uh, definite response that a person has committed a crime. We just need to have enough evidence as law enforcement officers that there might be a suspicion of a crime, reasonable uh, suspicion. Makes sense. Now, probable cause, you have to know beyond a shadow of doubt. You have to have uh, substantial evidence saying that a person has committed a crime. And once that person, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, has um, what we call in law enforcement, again, committed a crime, and we believe to the effects that we have enough to make a physical arrest, a law enforcement officer is granted by their um, state's constitution, as well as the um, United States Constitution to take someone's freedom. Now, keep in wa- mind that once a person is brought before the courts, of course, this is after their arrest, the court's job, uh, which is the state's prosecutor's office, it is their job to find that person guilty beyond a reasonable doubt that that person has committed a the crime. There has to be no loopholes, no potholes, no uh, a room for a, 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 a juror to say, well, I don't believe that person is guilty, not enough evidence, so that is why we have evidence beyond evidence, that's why we have witnesses beyond witnesses to substantiate that that person who has been brought before the courts is um, definitely, again, beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, guilty of the crime, now, keeping in mind this, you may already know this, it is not the defense attorney's, which is the defendant's attorney, job to prove that that person is guilty Guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, which uh, I thought was very fascinating when I got into law enforcement. It is not the defendant's uh, attorney's job, again, to put on a case to prove that their client is uh, not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, but again, it is the state. Um, burden, as they say, as we like to use in the judicial system to prove that said person is guilty of a crime beyond a reasonable doubt, okay? And when that does uh, happen, of course, at that point, that is when the judge will uh, go ahead and administer their sentencing as it pertains to the penal codes Um, referring to each crime that a person has committed. But I want to throw it out there. That's not what I'm going to be focusing on today. But I wanted to kind of get you going so you'll know uh, how things are are laid out in court so that we have, I know some of you all watch Law & Order and you like those particular shows, which is great. But I want to, from a law enforcement standpoint, break that down. So what uh, does a grand jury do in the proceedings that they have uh, been chosen to work in? Now, how does a grand jury uh, work? Well, first of all, it it is much more relaxed than your district court, your superior court, your federal court. It is a process. Usually, uh, those 16 to 23 members are inside of a room. Of course, the witness, usually law enforcement, is in that room, and you are looking at all these panel of people, and your job is to give a synopsis. And, And keep in mind, you're not holding... A trial there. Neither are you holding um, a a per se hearing. You're just giving out um, a synopsis of the the evidence or the case that the officer and the prosecutor's office has put together. Because keeping in mind, most days those grand jurors may hear up to uh, ten or more cases. I would imagine it is more, and so they're exhausted. But it's not because first of all, if that was the case, that they will listen to the whole entire trial, guess what? They wouldn't get anything accomplished because it would be so much back and forth, so many questions being pushed and promoted. So it is a very uh, brief, I would say, most times we're in a grand jury meeting uh, between five to 10 minutes, sometimes five at the most, speaking of the officer now. Uh, But this is not a long process. It's a very relaxed environment. There is no judge. Usually there's no attorneys present. Occasionally, there may be an exception that a prosecutor is present, but it's the prosecutor's job um, to put together these cases for the grand jury to hear. It it is a number and it is a a time process because one officer or witness is coming in after the next. It's just a revolving door. So there's no time to take forever in these particular uh, proceedings. Now, the prosecutor is present. um, He or she will explain the law to the jurors, okay, uh, who have been chosen? They may present a little evidence, a little testimony, so that the ball can begin to roll. Now, in a normal courtroom, rules, evidence, and uh, exhibits, other testimonies must adhere to strict rules. So, again, this is not a trial. This is not where that takes place. So, there, the uh, being in the grand jury setting in the room, the uh, ramifications. Uh, It it is very much strict, and it is very scrutinizing, and they keep it strictly to what needs to be discussed. Now, however, a grand jury has a broad power to see or hear um, evidence, which most times it doesn't happen that way. Typically, you'll get a few questions from grand jury members. Not all 23 um, or however many in the room talks. Uh, One or two may have a follow-up question for you. You hit that, boom follow-up question, and then you keep moving. Now, like the vast majority of trials, grand jury proceedings are kept in strict confidence. So there is no uh, room for uh, mistakes, there is no room for leaks, because at the the end of the day, remember this, it is the grand jury's job to uh, listen to the presented synopsis of evidence to decide whether they're going to make an indictment uh, of a person. And we're gonna dive right strictly into what indictments are. Don't worry, don't feel pressured. If you are listening to this show through its entirety, you will understand what a um, true bill of indictment is, and we'll go through all that. Now, there's a couple of purposes of the grand jury, and I want to discuss that, and then we'll move into the origin. It encourages witness, witnesses to speak freely and without fear of retaliation, so that's why these things are held very secretive, um, and again, the witnesses can be made up of just lay people, people who saw or witnessed the incident, uh, most of the time, it is your law enforcement officers or in grand jury as witnesses, okay? For the state, of course. Now, it it protects also the potential defendant's reputation in the case. So the jury does not, um, just in case, the jury does not decide to indict said person. Lastly, I want to just touch on the uh, grand jury's discretion before uh, I move into the origin. So the grand jury's decision and the prosecutor's discretion as a whole um, you, this is what needs to happen to make a, uh, true bill of indictment or to vote on one. Uh, it does not have to be unanimous, does not have to be unanimous. Okay. Of course, when you see in the, um, normal settings of district court, uh, or superior court grand jury, you could run into a situation where you have a hung jury, or uh, at that point, you may have to have what we call a mistrial. But here in grand jury, it's not the same as that. There's no mistrials. All you need within the makeup of a grand jury is two thirds or three fourths of of an agreement to have an indictment depending on your jurisdiction. OK, so you need two thirds of that partic- particular particular uh, sitting body as it pertains to grand jury to go ahead and have an indictment or three fourths. It can go either way. Now, if a grand jury chooses not to indict, keep in mind, prosecutor may still be able to present and put on this case, okay, for trial. But he or she has to have a strong, strong, strong case, strong evidence, strong witnesses for that to be done, okay? Because at the end of the day, you'll see why that has been placed in our state books, okay? Because it is very important. Um, sometimes things can get, get misconstrued or clouded and prosecutors should and does have the ability to still push this case forward to Supreme or to a federal court. But again, strong, strong, strong evidence has to be applied. Now, however, the grand jury proceedings are often a valuable test to uh, run for a prosecutor and making a decision to bring the case on. I, I don't know times where prosec- I'm sure it has happened, even in our state of North Carolina, well, prosecutors still went forth with a trial, even though the grand jury voted uh, unanimously, or that two-thirds body or three-fourths said that this would not be a true uh, bill of indictment. Um, the the DA's office, again, district attorney's office, does have the opportunity and the power to push a case forward with strong evidence. Now, if the grand jury also chooses to indict, the trial will most likely begin much faster than it would without a grand jury indictment, okay? Meaning that if that grand jury did not go ahead and indict and the prosecutors pushed this forward to still get a um, trial on the books, it wouldn't be a faster process like it would be with a grand jury, okay? Keep that in mind. Now, with the grand jury indictment, the prosecutor um, can skip that particular step and proceed directly to trial once that has been done, okay? Again, if uh, the grand jury... um, has an indictment they can skip the process of even even saying so I, what i' what what i meant to even mention to you is that even though the grand jury may make a, a motion or a proceeding to go ahead and push this to uh, an indictment the prosecutor also has the opportunity to go ahead and um, decide whether uh, that case goes forward but it's very tough very tough because once the grand jury has went ahead and made the decision, they can go forward with it. And most of nine times out of 10, it will be pushed forward. Now, first of all, the Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution says that any person that provides a person um, with a uh, particular incident where they have been charged with the crime, they do have a right to a trial by a jury. And the Sixth Amendment, to be exact, says they have a trial to, they have a right to have a speedy trial by members of their peers, which means people that make up their community society. All that basically says is that uh, they have a right to have a trial to be heard by um, normal citizens. And what I mean by normal citizens, it could be made up of uh, law enforcement, judicial, CEOs, whatever it may be. Of course, it, ups, it is up to the prosecutors and the defense attorneys to decide who will serve on that particular um, jury. But just keep in mind, the Sixth Amendment does state, and we have that right to have a speedy trial, okay? Now, the origin and history of the grand jury has a long and honorable tradition. It was recognized, believe it or not, in the Magna Carta uh, during the English Times, okay, by our, um, at that point over England, the King John, who had granted this particular process back in 1215, way before you and I was born. Now, that demand, um, he stated that uh, it demanded a subject to come forth uh, after the grand jury has been decided upon. Now, the first grand jury consisted of 12 people. So look at this, went from 12 all the way to 16 to 23, whatever that state, again, a lot, um, who consisted of 12 men, not women, but it was obviously strictly men at that particular time, Uh, to select from the knights or other freemen. Now, the grand juries were summoned to inquire um, upon crimes alleged to have been committed by their local community. Now, originally, they functioned as accusers or witnesses rather than important fact finders. That was not their main focus. Their Their main focus was to point the blame, okay? Now, the guiding principles of our modern grand jury developed were and have been developed in England. Now, for many years, grand jury proceedings became secret, which I told you about a minute ago, and the grand jury became independent uh, of that crown. Okay, As a result, though, the grand jury was expected to vote uh, for against and by an indictment uh, that was proper, of course, without regard to recommendations of the judge. The judge had nothing to do with this. Again, there's no judges in the room. Uh, it was no recommendation of the prosecutor or any other set person. This was an independent, okay, actions that was achieved um, after a long struggle of many years, okay? Now, um, when the English colonists moved to America, they brought with them many institutions of the English uh, legal system that we have adopted and still use to this day, which is one being what? Ding, 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 the grand jury. Now, the English tradition of the grand jury was well-established by the American colonies long before the American Revolution, keep that in mind. Now, the colonists used this particular platform to assert their independence from the pressures of their colonial government. They wanted to be independent, so they came up with this grand jury deal. Okay? They didn't want the government making uh, their fate or deciding their fate. They wanted peers to be able to listen to what was going down and decide whether they were going to push this forward. Now, in 1735, um, the colonial government or the governing body of New York demanded that a grand jury indict um, Libel John Zinger, who at that point was the editor of the newspaper called the Weekly Journal. Now, the reason why they wanted to indict him is because he had held to uh, secrecy and and scorn that the acts of the royal governors, uh, he was breaking those things out, okay? So they got to the point they wanted this man prosecuted. They wanted him brought down because he was basically... Uh, giving all the secrets and telling the information of this corrupt um, New York government. Okay, now the grand jury did refuse to indict this brother on those particular charges. Now the grand jury also, as an institution, uh, firmly established that in traditions of our forebears. Okay, um, that they included in the Bill of the Rights. Now the Fifth Amendment, which most of us, most of us may know or may not know. Uh, of the United States Constitution provides that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless uh, the information, the evidence is brought upon them and presented or an indictment from the grand jury is brought upon them. So, the Fifth Amendment, you probably heard, it, I plead the Fifth. That is what that's saying. You don't have to really, uh, as the defendant, the person that's being accused, you have the right to have your trial put on and listened uh, to by a grand jury. So, Pleading the Fifth says you have nothing to say, you want an attorney, you have invoked that right, and at this point, um, you want a trial to go forward. okay? Now, I want to shift towards and, and move towards the North Carolina grand jury, and again, I'm going to end with the New York grand jury, but keep it in mind that every state's grand jury process is uh, slightly and altered uh, differently. Also, just like the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, the North Carolina Constitution, Article 1, Section 24 of that Constitution, says that all persons that um, have been charged with a crime does have a right to a trial by uh, members of their peers. So now, how does the North Carolina grand jury process within the state um, is selected? And I want to go through that. Now, members of the grand jury are chosen from the master jury list prepared by an independent jury commission within each county. Now, the master jury list is composed of names drawn from the list of registered voters, okay? It can be drawn from the DMV system. It can be drawn from different avenues within the state's process to be able to find um, legal United States members and citizens. And of course, you have to have your United States citizenship to be able to even serve on any type of of court proceeding process as it pertains to a jury, a grand jury, whether it's state or federal. Now, keep in mind also other resources as well as ones mentioned can be tapped into. Now, members of the trial or we like to say petite jury, grand jury are selected at random from a master list. Not saying their eyes are closed and they, somebody sticks their hand in the basket, not saying that, but it is a random list. Now, nine names are chosen from that random list in the first session of the criminal superior court system. So I want to focus on superior court for a minute. And what happens in the state of North Carolina, that superior court uh, starts the process on January the 1st and also on July the 1st. Now, the nine names join a a 9 member panel that's already been serving, okay, which gives you 18 members. Uh, So North Carolina looks at 18 members on our grand jury. Remember I told you earlier, every state can be different. Again, 16 to 23 members is usually that buffer number. Here in North Carolina, we do 18 members, okay? Now, how long does a grand jury serve? Grand jury can serve for all the way up to 12 months. Hopefully, you won't have to do that. But again, it's not simultaneously and consecutively served. But within those 12 months or within that year, you may be called upon to serve on uh, your grand jury. Now, a meeting can be called only when the court is in session. You can't have a meeting inside the grand jury unless court is in session. There is a very important piece regarding the grand jury. It is the duty of each member of the grand jury process uh, to present at every time. They have to be uh, accountable. They have to be present during every grand jury proceeding when grand jury is convened. Now, unless unless the four person excused said person, at least 12 members though have to be present for any type of transaction or business to go forward lawfully within the grand jury. So you have 18 members, but if 11 is present, nothing can be um, moved forward. If 12 or 13 members are present, grand jury can go ahead and decide on cases or uh, facts of that information to, to move that case for it to have a trial. Okay? Now, the proceedings of the grand jury must stop until you have um, 12 members. Okay? Nothing can go forward without that. Now, appointments of the duties of a four person. Let's talk really quickly what a four person is. All proceedings of the grand jury are, are uh, presided by a four person. Now, it is the duty of the presiding judge to appoint one person to that position as a four person as it pertains to the grand jury. Now, the judge must make this appointment in a fair and impartial manner. And of course, as I did in a um, previous episode, talked about a fair and impartial court system, and judges must be fair and impartial. They also have to look at this when they're selecting their four person to serve on the grand jury. And the judge may have questions posed to that particular person. Who he or she um is in the process of choosing as the four person. Now the questions are not intended to pry into a jury's uh, personal lifestyle. Uh they are needed only to help the judge make his or her decision on choosing him or her to the uh four person of that grand jury. Now, the person selected for the grand jury, four person position will serve uh until his or her time or term on that particular grand jury expires or until a successor is named and of course appointed by the judge. Now the last thing I want to discuss regarding the North Carolina grand jury process is a an indictment, the most important part of that okay process. So what is a bill of indictment? The primary duty of the grand jury is to investigate and pass upon such bills of an indictment. Okay as it may be given to him or her by the district court, which I talked about earlier. And, uh, of course, the district attorney oversees that process. Now, a bill of indictment is simply a written accusation charging a person with the commission of one or more criminal offenses that the, again, law enforcement officer has initially uh, had probable cause to make an arrest. And, of course, from that process, you move on to uh, present that case to the district attorney's office. And from that case, the district attorney's office put the case together to present to the grand jury. And from the grand jury, they will decide on putting on a a felony case, a felony trial. Now, the district attorney will prepare uh, the bills and enter upon each bill the names of the witnesses that they want brought forth to the grand jury. And also um, they will need to be heard on behalf of the state. So that is the DA's job to put all this together. But keeping in mind, it is not the grand jury's duty or job to determine whether a defendant named in a bill is guilty or even if they're innocent, okay, of that particular charge in that bill of indictment. Their job is only to bring forth the bill of indictment, determination of guilt or innocence of the responsibility of the trial jury. That's their responsibility to find out a person is guilty uh, um, beyond a reasonable doubt of said crimes. Hope I'm not moving too fast, but I'm moving quickly to be able to get all this great content to you as it pertains to grand jury. And yes, I did extensive research on this, so I have the facts to bring to you. Now, also a, a grand jury, or I should say a trial jury, is known as a petite jury. You heard me say that earlier. Petit jury. Obviously, in French, that means small, tiny, however you may look at it. Okay. Now, the person of that court, whether the defendant is present or not, of course, that um, trial can be heard upon by that jury, okay? Nine times out of ten, you will have the defendant there along with his or her attorneys, but if they choose not to, unless the judge deems that that person needs to be there, they don't have to go. Now, the duties of the grand jury is just this, to hear, again, like I said, the evidence on behalf of the state and to return a true bill of an indictment. That is the proper term, true bill of indictment if the grand jury finds that there's um evidence and the course of probable cause for that particular charge the grand jury must return a bill of indictment and submit it to the district attorney's office um now if they don't find that they also have to do the same and that's known as not having a true bill of indictment and if the grand jury fails to find probable cause within uh that hearing that they're having they also must present to the district attorney's office that they have found no true bill of indictment. Now, at least 12 members of the grand jury must concur. As I said earlier, two-thirds or three-fourths of that governing body to uh, return a true bill of indictment. Now, that is that the crime name in the bill under the consideration has probably been committed and that there is probable cause to believe that defendant is guilty of said crime. Now, we got that out of the way. What does a grand jury look like in the state of North Carolina where I reside? Okay. It it, it is very important that we remember that not everybody is chosen to a grand jury. Okay. This is a very exclusive body. I'm not saying that you don't have what it takes, but again, this thing's uh, to be considered as a grand jury member. It is pulled from different resources. Your driving license history. Uh, may even look at um, work history. All these things are put together uh, by the state in deciding on who they want to serve as grand jury, at least to be brought upon to serve as grand jury. And then, of course, once that is uh, selected, it is uh, the job of the judge to find out who will also serve as the foreperson. But once your name is chosen, you are then moved to the grand jury. But to be the foreperson, that is a scrutinized position that is only chosen by the judge who uh, has appointment to that seat. Now, finally, I want to touch on what a New York, okay, the state of New York grand jury looks like. And just like North Carolina, the grand jury um, process is similar, but now I want to mention exactly what we're looking at as it pertains to the New York grand jury because obviously we know that that is where everything is going down with President Donald Trump. Now, New York models their grand jury after the United States Constitution Fifth Amendment, which reads that no person shall be held to answer for a capital crime or otherwise infamous crime unless a um, presentment of indictment by a grand jury is brought upon them. Now, the New York's Constitution, their Constitution, uh, also reads similar Article 1 of their section number 6, says no person shall be held to answer for a capital crime. Um, or otherwise infamous crime unless an indictment of a grand jury has been brought upon them. Now, what are the roles of the New York grand jury in the criminal justice process? It is that the grand jury is an arm. They serve as an arm to the court. It is not an agent of the prosecutor or the police. That's not what the grand jury is held for. A grand jury does not decide whether a, a person is guilty uh, of a crime, but it is their job to Decide on if there's going to be a true bill of indictment, which I talked about a second ago. It is the again court trial system to decide the fate of said person, and of course their member twelve members of the uh, jurors finds that grand jury does not. Now grand jury decides whether or not a person should be formally charged with a crime or other offense. That is their job. The grand jury makes that decision be based upon, of course, evidence that is brought to. Um, The prosecutor's office by the law enforcement agency, who also will um, instruct that grand jury on the law uh, pertaining to the state's prosecutor's office. Now, there are three important decisions that the New York uh, grand jury has to decide upon when it comes to a true bill of indictment. And I want to discuss those with you. A grand jury may vote to formally accuse said person of a crime. Okay. That's one thing. Now the acquisition must be an indictment or as we know it to be a bill. I talked about the early true bill of indictment and the grand jury may vote to also dismiss the charges. And that is known as no bill. And I talked about that within our state of North Carolina grand jury. Again, I want to keep in mind so that, you know, most states are similar in how they handle their grand jury. So again, it is the grand jury's job in New York to decide a true bill of indictment or no bill, okay? Now, the grand jury may direct the prosecutor to uh, go ahead and file an in information accusing the person of an offense less serious than a felony. They can also do that in the state, again, of New York. This is what they require. Now, how does the process uh, of selecting a member of the grand jury of New York look like? Again, United States citizen wants you to be 18 or older You have to be a resident of that county which you are summoned to serve in. In addition, jurors must be able to understand and communicate in the English language. Okay, this is what the state of New York says, not North Carolina. I don't want to get those two misconstrued. So, New York wants you to have a great understanding to be able to speak uh, English. You must not have been convicted of a felony. Um, You also, in general, you have to serve on a grand jury trial in New York, and you are not eligible to be called for a jury service again for six years. So you get taken off that list for six years. Now, those who serve 11 days or more uh, within that grand jury, very common that they could be chosen to serve on a grand jury if you only served 11 days. Okay. I guess that's the threshold. Now, if that has happened, you won't be called upon again for approximately eight years. So now, as you can see, uh, the grand jury is a very important process within our makeup as it pertains to the judicial system. You see that it is very important that we have uh, insight and that we understand exactly what is happening in a grand jury. Uh, it is a very, again, scrutinized process. And we as members who have chosen to um, serve on the grand jury, you have to understand that, 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 that you cannot be asleep at the wheel. At no time can you have any room for doubt or any bias, any hatred towards said um, situation. Because you have the power to bring back a true bill of indictment. Also, in that same breath, have the power to bring back a no bill of indictment. But however you look at it, you need to make a, a, a very informative, a very... Uh, much laid out and thoughtful decision because once that true bill of indictment is presented to the prosecutor, game's on. A trial is getting ready to take place. So don't ever take this position lightly. If you have the opportunity to serve on the grand jury within your state, if you have the opportunity to serve on the grand jury within the federal um, court system, take advantage of it, learn from it, listen, glean. It is very important and I want to uh, not make any other position lightly but even serving on a, a a district or a um superior court grand jury that's very important and 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 let me tell you something you want to be the one uh as it pertains to that being able to leave knowing that you have served a great deal of a uh uh what we call um civil duty to your, to your local community, to your state, to your country. Now, um, a district superior court is anonymous to, um, or I should say synonymous to that of a superior court. Only within the j- jurisdiction of that county court will you be brought upon to serve on a jury for Supreme Court. So you have heard me talk about district and superior court, but they are um, ultimately one, okay? ultimately one, because if you're not having a trial within um, the court system as it pertains to local court, you are being um, held in the decision-making process by a judge. That means you don't have a, uh, a jury serving and listening over your fate. So, to have no room for doubt, no room for discrepancy, just remember, if you're not having a jury trial of 12 members in your district court, that means that the judge is overseeing and listening to your faith. If you are given a superior court uh, trial, that means that a grand jury has brought back a true bill of indictment to push uh, a case forward. Now, when you're serving in federal court, that is the highest you can go. And of course, a federal judge oversees, but a uh, federal grand jury has decided that there is true bill of indictment or vice versa. So I didn't want to leave anybody in the blind or in the woods or lost. But I hope that this particular show, I'm getting ready to close out, has been very informative to you. I hope you got a better understanding on how a grand jury works. And we'll see how this process plays out pertaining to Trump and the uh, grand jury indictment that is allegedly coming down has not happened yet. I truly believe that it won't happen. But at the end of the day, from what we have seen and read, there may be and we know there was some uh, falsifications involved. So as you see, first, it was a big deal as it pertains. Oh, Trump's going to get indicted. He's going to be arrested to now. We're hearing nothing about it. Um, and I like the way that things happen sometimes in the way that uh, 45 does it. He likes to get in front of it and push it out. That's what he had heard. So he wanted to be the first to mention it. Now that's not going to happen. And in the case they are still uh, brewing up or cooking something, you now you have a better understanding what a grand jury does, what their job is. Okay, so even if that were to go forward, you would not see a trial there. It is only up to the grand jury of New York to find a true bill of indictment or not to find a bill at all. Now, I hope, as always, that you have thoroughly enjoyed this show. I enjoy bringing it to you. It is my sincere prayer that you continue to reach one, teach one. And until we always say meet again, until we have the opportunity to, to converse and sit down with you, God, please continue to bless the United States of America. Bless the men and the women who are serving in our United States armed forces. And please, Lord, continue to bless the men and women that are serving in blue. And until we meet again, until we talk again, have a safe night. And you have been listening to Real Talk. And I am your host, Officer Antoine Thomas. Yep. Guess what? That's me. (laughs) I love it. We'll see you again.